100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony Richards. Sumner County Spotlight brought to you every Sunday morning by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and also at myfmbank.com. By the way, if you haven't checked out their, their really nice building on Indian Lake, you should take a look at it. That, uh, place in there is really, really nice. Uh, glad to have with us our guest this morning, Aaron Pickard. He is the Chief Deputy of the Sumner County Sheriff's Department. And Aaron, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Cold this morning. Yeah, I'll say. Geez, while we're recording this, this was that uh, first night of, hey, my car didn't want to start. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um, so you're a lifer Been for Sumner County. Life. I was born at Baptist Hospital and immediately came to Gallatin. And here you've been ever since. So, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, where you went to school, how you ended up, uh, if you if you went to college or anything after that, or military, whatever you did, and tell yeah. us uh, everybody about yourself. Um, so, winding up here, um, whole family has essentially lived uh, in Gallatin, Sumner County, their entire lives, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's as far as I'm concerned, the best place in the world to live. We, well, it must uh, be pretty good. You stuck around. Yeah. Couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't leave. Uh, my roots are, are deep here. Um, I, this is the life story here kind of, for me, starts with, with grandparents and the life story with me coming to work at the sheriff's office and uh, eventually being promoted to the chief really starts with how my family worked out. Uh, Were my, they in law enforcement as my well? Okay. grandfather uh, was a trooper. His name was George Pickard. Um and he worked here in Sumner for most of his career, was a sergeant. My grandmother, on the other side, was a circuit court clerk here and the criminal court clerk. Hmm. Every Friday and Saturday night, my dad worked at the sheriff's office. During the week, he worked for Bell South or South Central Bell back then. That was his full-time job. But years ago, oh, so was he? Uh, reserves and auxiliaries yeah. were all that worked on the weekend for the most part in Sumner County. So, he was at the sheriff's office every Friday and Saturday night. Well, so were my mom and I, yep. sitting in the dispatcher's office from birth till uh, <laughs> I got too big that she didn't have to sit there with me. And then it was just me every Friday and Saturday night sitting at the jail in the dispatcher's office. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, she's worked for Nathan. Were Marsh. things as busy back then? Oh no, <laughs> probably not. No, it was another world. I can't, you know. Just in that time frame, just imagine it's crazy, isn't it? I'm sure there are places uh, in this country where there's, you know, a similar small town feel where there are children hanging around the jail. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine that today. I can't imagine the things that I got to do when I was that size in a, in the jail setting. But it's all I ever wanted to do was to be there. So at you the jail. kind of knew just that just is. Just part of you. Right. So it wasn't like the light went on one time when you were 15 years old or something. That's all there was to talk about, <laughs> sadly, um, was was what was going on in, uh, mm-hmm. in the criminal justice system, if you want to call it that, in you know 1980 or so. 
And my mom, she's uh, Teresa. She's worked for Nathan Harsh. Uh, he's an attorney in Gowton. See, 1980 doesn't seem that long ago to me, but Seems it's like been 40 years. <laughs> almost. That's crazy. Um, so that's all we had to talk about was just police work and law work and things like that. And extended families, same way. Were they all in it as well? Did you know aunts, uncles, whatever? No, <clears> not <throat> just really. your family. Just this little little tiny group. And mm-hmm. I was the only child, only grandchild. So not a not a whole lot of people to talk to there, except uh, mm. the grown-ups. So this is just you grew up, and so none of this was foreign to you at all. I mean, you you know you're probably looking at these recruits, going, <laughs> I know exactly what this is going to end up like, exactly. looking like. Exactly. It was um, so so for me. It, it was all that I ever wanted to do, and that early start kind of put me on a path. Um, all my summers were spent either at the courthouse or at the jail. It was Friday and Saturday nights at the courthouse or at the jail. So once I got old enough, um, that's the first thing I did. Mm-hmm. On uh, I'm assuming you went to Gallatin. Right. Went okay. to Gallatin High School. <clears throat> and uh, May 22nd, 1998, I graduated from Gallatin High School. That was also my 18th birthday. And that was also the day that I came to work at the sheriff's office. On your 18th birthday and the day you graduated. <laughs> That's exactly right. And they were expecting you probably, oh, here I am. It was, it, we had it worked out. We already out. have your uniform. <laughs> so, yeah, went and went and signed up and started to work in the jail um, that, you know, that following week. But I've been there ever since. Uh, I went to, well, after high school. I was, I was going to say, there's lots of different parts of law enforcement. How did you know? I mean, is that the jail where you knew you wanted to start? That's just kind of where everybody starts. Or back then it was. It? Okay. Um, there were, you know, with with very few exceptions around here, everyone started in the jail and did their time back there, which is really, really important to how it gives you an opportunity to learn how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. They are they are captive, but there's still a lot of um, respect that has to be gained and given with those type folks, mm-hmm. and some of the best. Uh, Deputies and police officers that we have today started in the jail, and that's where they learned how to conduct themselves. That's really interesting. It's only, it's not what people would think. You know, they think you guys go to classes. This is how you're supposed to behave. But if you don't really, if you aren't in the trenches and see what the result is going to be, you can't really have an appreciation for how to handle it. You're exactly right. We have a lot of college-educated folks now, but we have a lot of folks that never went to college. They started to work mm-hmm. in the jail, and they are some of the best mm-hmm. um, when it when it comes to and, – and many are still in the jail. Some have you, have you ever run that. across uh, deputies or something that, that – um you know, that knew they could improve how they handle themselves and say, hey, why don't you go spend some time over there? Spend some time at the jail and just, you know, this will help you. Is that? I have not seen it go backward. No. If you move out of the jail, for the most part, if you can, you can tolerate that and promote up out of that, you mm-hmm. have a pretty good skill set. Okay. What if they've never had that experience and they come to you from another place or something? It takes a special kind of person to be a cop, nowadays especially. And so some people thrive at that, and other people have trouble communicating. And it may take you a few few years, or you may never get it. Well, but you you guys probably all know your 
deputies, officers very, very well? Who pairs up well with who? Who could use a little guidance here and there? Is that, I mean, is it just uh, everybody flipping coins to see who's with who, or how does that work? No, we try certain people um, more than just get along better, but certain people have to definitely be matched with certain trainers. Um, I see. So once you come to work at the sheriff's office, we will we spend some getting to know you time right off the bat for a few weeks during that initial training and get an idea of just exactly who the best fit for you will be. Some trainers are a lot more regimented and <laughs> strict, while others aren't necessarily. So we definitely want to try to get personalities going with each other. Yeah. And we're we're pretty good at it. Uh, I can I can tell you that if you're struggling in a certain aspect of the job, mm-hmm. you're going to end up with our expert in that discipline for a while. Yeah, and I think uh, some people forget you're dealing with how many people now? The population of Sumner? In, 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 no, in your, in, in your department. Oh, well, there's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 321 authorized positions. Okay, so... This, I think, you know, people just think, oh, well, they just give them a car, give them a motorcycle, see you later. You know, there's all of these dynamics and things that you guys have to consider when you're sort of assembling this group of folks so that you can best serve Sumner. Right. Uh, It takes us about a year, maybe just a little less than a year to get someone um, off the streets through the academy and up to speed before you're ever going to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting ready to come up on our first break here, but I do want to talk about, you know, maybe the makeup of the department, the different areas that you guys have, um, whether it's, you know, traffic and and drugs and all the different areas that you guys cover. Plus, you know, just reserves in general, how it's going, how are you guys doing in that area? Could you use more or all that kind of stuff? So um, we'll come back and talk a little bit more with Aaron Pickard at, uh, from the Sumner County Sheriff's Office here in just a minute on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank. We'll be back in just a moment. Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, will return after these messages. FNM Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbag.com And now back to Sumner County Spotlights, brought to you each Sunday morning exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, all in one place. Member FDIC. And we are back with Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank, and we're with Chief Deputy Aaron Pickard of the uh, Sumner County Sheriff's Office. And, uh, well, we were talking about 300-plus officers and uh, deputies. What you know, how does that all break out? I mean, they all don't do, you know, traffic stops, for instance. Right. How, how's the department laid out? So just, you know, a little over 320 employees, 165 of those authorized positions are in corrections. They're in the jail. Wow. And it really takes that many to run it, and we probably could use some more. But and that's just, that's not just, uh, those are, that's full staff and everything, Uh Cooking, if all, cleaning, if the, all the, positions all were filled, that would include um, regular corrections officers that are working the floor, the folks that are running the towers, the supervisors. There's three supervisors per shift. There's intake officers. How many people in Sumner officers. County Jail right now? This morning, there's 905 inmates in the Sumner County Jail, which is um, we are 
setting records, sadly, about every week. I mean, this is a Friday morning with 905. We'll have uh, weekenders coming in tonight. Folks have been sentenced to do weekends. Mm -hmm. And I would say we'll get over 930. This jail is only designed for 832 people. So what's the deal with that? Um, What happens next? Fortunately, the uh, county commission has authorized an expansion for us. It'll give us 128 more beds, which we desperately need. Mm -hmm. But... So we're supposed to have 832 inmates. Right. This weekend, we'll probably get to 932. That's not going to leave us much wiggle room, even when we get the new 128 beds. True. Yeah. At this, ju- you have to try if to be locked up in the Sumner County Jail. I would I would venture to say that there are less than five percent of the people that are there for their first time, and they're having to stay, and that they can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, our our judges will give everyone ample chance to not make those not, mistakes that yeah, yeah. brought them there in the first it's place. It's pretty easy not to go to jail if sure. you try. Sure. <laughs> it's a lot easier not to go than to go, right? And That's you do exactly. have some great judges here, and we've talked to a few of them. And, you know, sometimes there's a huge disconnect between law enforcement and, uh, and the judicial branch. And you guys, Sumner County really seems to kind of have a good, a good system here. We are very fortunate to, to have all the judges that we have. They understand. Do we... You know, are we always happy with each other? It's Not necessarily. Yeah. But by and large, the... There sure is a lot of respect there, though, for, right. for each other, because you're both doing the best you can, and it, it is what it is. Sometimes you're hit sideways with things you're not expecting, you know? So, uh, but yeah, you, you've got to try. You know, they're going to give you every chance. They're going to give you opportunities for treatment, for probation, for whatever services they can give to put you back on track and you're going to have to mess that up uh, once or twice before you're finally there to, to serve a sentence. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so this expansion could take a little while though. I mean, all those things have to go through all of these typical processes, I'm sure. Right. We just met last week with the, the justice planners. We have uh, un, the optimal plan, the best plan that we could have to expand right now with such limited funds and it's going to take care of a lot of our problems. You know, there's 905 inmates this morning, but uh, seven of those are juveniles who are being tried as adults. Well, they can't be around the adults. So we've mm-hmm. had to clear out an entire half of a pod just yeah. to put juveniles being tried as adults. So what could be holding 24 inmates this morning is just holding seven juveniles. So that, yeah, I gotcha. So somebody's constantly working on that. I'm assuming that's a full-time job, it sounds like to me. Absolutely. There's so many moving parts within a jail. You know, we can't just... uh, Folks don't understand that there's a classification issue. We can't put um, gang members with other gang members who do not identify the same way as they do for obvious You're just asking for trouble. We try to put low-level misdemeanors away Mm -hmm. from the high-level felony folks because these are two different... But when you're starting to, you know, run out of space and being on top of each other, it's hard to separate. uh, I'm sure the way you'd prefer to. What what about just land in general? Is there is there enough room for the expansion you guys would like to have, or do you need? There's a spot uh, outside of our existing building that is wide enough to accommodate what we need for now, Mm -hmm. and eventually. 
the plot of land that this expansion will go on can be lengthened a little bit more to have almost a mirror image of what we're putting on this side of it. So, so who advocates for these you know expansions or things that the jail needs? Is it is it uh, um, Sonny Weatherford? Is it you? I mean, who who's designated to be working with the city and the county and whoever to to get these kind of things done? In this instance, this is kind of a this is kind of weird how this happened. So, um, I guess a little over two years ago, they start talking about building a new courthouse. Need a new right. courthouse right. in Gallup because right now we're we've got three buildings going. Yeah. It's all disconnected, and part of that part of that initial planning was to look at an expansion for the jail. Well, when we look back at that time, we were running around 680, 700 inmates. So we weren't in terrible shape. I can remember. But you were kind of getting close to where you'd want to do something. Right. I can remember coming in in the mornings, checking to see how many people were there. And and this is four years ago, okay? I can remember coming in four years ago in the mornings and going, we're getting close to 720 this morning. That makes Mm -hmm. me really nervous. Well, you know, now we're at 9.05, and I'm uh, always in a panic. But uh, back to this. So the courthouse is, they're talking about the courthouse. Jail expansion was one of the topics that came up. And at that time, we thought, yep, we probably need to probably need to grow a little bit, but we weren't in this kind of crisis mm-hmm. state. So here it is. Um, we we The planners came in. They looked at the jail. They looked at our population. They looked at what... The places we needed help, which are with females and with juveniles being tried as adults. Mm-hmm. And so we've worked together very well to come up with this solution that's going to give us some female relief and that gives us some juvenile being tried as adults. Which makes room for your other... Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so we were talking <clears throat> a little bit about... Pardon me. Uh, sort of the makeup of that. So you said there's a hundred something uh, related to the jail. 165 and then, back there. And then what? What else? How is it the rest deployed? Um, Fifty one. Well, let me see. Uh, Forty nine are authorized for the patrol division. Patrol is the the certified side. Those green and white cars you see on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, patrol usually stays staffed. Um, we occasionally have somebody retire, but people, by and large, don't leave our patrol division unless they get promoted out. And is the patrol number just officers, or is there support there? Because you got maintenance of vehicles and all the other stuff. Oh, sure. Uh, so patrol with uh, with those forty nine, and yeah, we we have uh, we have a garage that we operate to care for a fleet of well over a hundred cars. Yeah, and I mean, I know this sounds sort of rudimentary, but I think it's it's important for the public to understand sort of the working pieces. It's not just the the person you see, right? You know, on the street. The There's office, such a huge thing behind all of that. It really is. It really is a city. Um, we, <laughs> yeah. So we have a, a division that covers everything for that a city would need. We we have a kitchen. We have a medical facility. We have um, a psychological facility. We have animal control. Uh, everything. There's, there's I don't nine, know that a lot of people know that falls under your right, jurisdiction. There's nine divisions of the sheriff's office. There's the jail, the patrol division, the detective division, the training division, the school resource officer division, uh, animal control, um, NCIC, warrants, and courts. 
So the sheriff, that is a bunch. The sheriff is responsible for all of those. There's a there's this is no slight to a police chief, but that's a lot of different things going on. Well, just sure. in the last, let's say, since Sandy Hook or or some of those kind of things, how has the school division thing changed? I'm assuming that's modified over the last few years. It has. Um, back in the '90s, we had a school resource officer out at Beach High School. And this morning, um, there are, let me see, all of the schools are authorized, uh, are funded to have an SRO. It's a matter of getting them hired and getting them trained up. Mm -hmm. So all 47 of the schools in Sumner County are authorized to have an SRO. Think about that. That That's amazing. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's uh, it's a resource. It costs money. Right. It does. It costs Mm -hmm. a lot of money. But... They are so important. The SROs are so vital. I didn't always understand this, uh, being having not worked in the schools to right. see this. But right. the mentoring relationships, uh, you know, that's going to pay off down the road, right? right? Just the relationships that you're creating with the student population. People, if people see me on the street and recognize me as being from the sheriff's office, they are going to run up to me and tell me who their SRO is or was. Or ask about that's pretty who that cool. person was. You know what? That's a good thing. I've got SROs. An SRO last weekend went to a wedding for one of the kids that he had five or six years before. He had been invited. These guys and gals make an impression. And they prov- they provide a level of security for that school campus. I'll say. Let alone security for the students as they come in. Um, even the, the, the car out in the lot or mm-hmm. near the front door. Um, you know, I, I was very impressed. Let's just take Gallatin High School, for example, of how they handle you getting in there. They know exactly where you are, when you're coming in, who you are, who you're seeing. You know, and it, it, it it's not burdensome, but I was really impressed. It's important. Sure. I mean, it is important. The the days of open of the front doors Walk of the school on in being and find open your kid in, the, in an algebra class, you know, that's those days are over. And they have to be. Yeah. I mean, um, every school now, the the schools have used their safety grants very well. All the schools are hardened to some degree, but you have to come to that checkpoint to move through the place. And every year with their lobby guard system, we are catching folks who are on the sex offender registry who are banned from the schools walking in sometimes for a, a legitimate purpose and they shouldn't be there or sometimes because they're just creeping. Unbelievable. Some people never learn, man. Um, we are uh, talking with Aaron Pickard, the uh, chief deputy at uh, the Sumner County Sheriff's Office, and uh, uh, we're going to come back and talk uh, with him a little bit more. More of the show on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FM Bank, right after these messages. FM is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll return with more of the show following F&M these Bank messages. in Sumner County Spotlight. Since 1906, FM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today. Today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. <clears throat> Welcome back. Sumner County Spotlight here on WHIN, brought to you by FM Bank at myfmbank.com and 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. And this morning we're uh, having a good chat and learning all about the Sheriff's Department from uh, Chief Deputy Aaron Pickard and uh, uh, Aaron. So uh, thanks for explaining, kind of went through all the different uh 
departments or I don't even know what to call them all, but uh, uh, parts of the, the sheriff's department. And we talked about the school thing. I'm, I'm kind of particularly interested, not only maybe with sheriff's department and uh, the Gallatin Police Department and Hendersonville Police Department, everybody that you kind of work with, how is everybody doing on their reserves? I mean, is that, that seems to be a pretty important uh, role that they can really help you guys. Sure. Hendersonville has uh, Hendersonville and Galton have a very robust reserve program. Many of the folks that are reserves for them are working their way up to patrol divisions, and it works well for them. At the Sheriff's Office, we don't have as much success uh, as we once did with reserves. What's the matter? Are your uniforms not as cool uh-huh. as you? <laughs> <laughs> There's This is a strange time to try to attract people to be the police. It's... Uh, well, I would think you'd have somebody that really would want to, and others. Maybe it is they're just you know quite reasonably nervous. It's a huge commitment. Um, the reserve program is so we're going to if if you apply to be a reserve and we are uh, enrolling or preparing for a, a reserve class, we're going to vet you very thoroughly. We're going to try to make sure that you're a good person and you're wanting to come in and not be paid for to, the right reasons to help do police work. So. Once once we're somewhat satisfied with that, you're going to have about two weeks of an introductory class to get you through all those basic things, and then you're going to have to spend 425 hours in the field training program within a year's time. That is a huge time commitment. So you really got to be dedicated. That's right. When when people come in, how many do you typically lose? I mean, do you lose half of them because you know they just can't handle the commitment, or they think it's not what they thought it was, or? We are we are now. Our uh, training director, Dwayne Wright, had a little medical spell the first part of the year, and so he has been out. So our training division has been crippled mm-hmm. for the year because he he is the backbone, he was the man uh, of training. So any extra, well, the majority of extracurricular stuff right now is on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look forward to him making his triumphant return this coming year where we can get back on track and maybe get a reserve class started up as soon as everything starts going good again. Are reserves always uh, typically, uh, like what's the, is it typically the older uh, folks like me maybe or whatever that uh, are looking to help and want to be a part of it and have time or what, what is it, where do they come from? <laughs> we've got a, we've historically had a pretty good split at the sheriff's office. I was, so here's, Back to me. Because you think you might want to try it, so you do that, and then, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I was hoping it would be. Uh, Not to talk about me too much again, but I started to work in the jail, you know, Mm -hmm. on that that day, the the birthday and the high school graduation day. But um, after just a little while in the jail, I had the opportunity to go to the police academy. Um, That was in 98 also. For me, it, it moved a little bit quicker than for some others that right. go back there. So I get out of the police academy, come back to work. I know at that point that I need to be starting college before too long or else I just won't go. Right. And I had much family pressure to do that also. So <laughs> I went ahead and got started, went to started to Ball State. And, um, but it was going to be hard to manage the schedule because Ball State, you know, has changed a whole lot. Yes. Since, since then. Uh, it a lot was, more flexible now. <laughs> it was great then, but it was it was flexibility was the problem then. So yeah. what I did was 
uh, left, and I was was a reserve, was an auxiliary, and so um, for me, that's what I did until I well I graduated from Ball State, and then I went on uh, to Cumberland in Lebanon and graduated from there after graduating from Ball State. But anyway, for me, it was uh, flexibility. So finding people that can come in and work at different times, uh, you've got a real job too. Or right. you've got a got a real life. So to try to find somebody that can come in and work for us when we need help is tough. You ask about uh, are they old guys, young guys, what? We've got a historically great spread of how things have worked with that. Some people are, might be looking for a new career and are thinking, you know, I want right. to dive into this, see if it's... Some of the best deputies and detectives that we have right now also started as reserves. They were young guys. They worked at EMS. They worked at the fire hall. They worked... I see. Uh, they were bread men, you know, just mm-hmm. anything. Uh, and they wanted to come in and try it out. And they ended up turning into some of the very best. Now we do have that group of um, folks that are a little bit older that have a career. Many of them are very successful, but they've always mm-hmm. just been interested in helping out. Right. Around so they here. can do events and help you guys That's out, right. traffic, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and lots of times we couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could, but we'd rather not do it without. <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, you guys seem to have a you know a robust uh, respect for you know all types of community uh, involvement that can help you guys. Yeah, which is which is great. And some of these reserves have been with us for twenty or more years. That's amazing. You and, can really rely on some of those guys. Then I'm assuming, and or, and they or are women. Yeah. they're as big a member of the family as anybody else. You don't even you don't even know the difference. That is cool, huh? Okay. Um, well, so we've been talking about the different departments, the different things can help. So what? Let's get into the. Now we're sort of in the middle of the program. What's the ugly? What's the real challenges right now that you've uh, you guys are up against? Well, um, that, obviously, jail size is that jail population is the biggest causes problem. me to lose sleep at night. Mm-hmm. You know, we. So, uh, I think I told you we're. 30 male guards short right now. Oh, my Lord. In the jail trying to deal with the highest population we've ever had. I'm certain that this weekend we'll achieve 930 inmates in that jail. Well, no wonder you're nervous. That's, I hope that's not a recipe for a disaster someday. Huh? Well, we we have had to get creative with ways to make sure that we are staying near fully staffed back there. We're uh, pulling from some Is other. that your responsibility to make sure the staff is full? I mean, who... Is that falling on so, several of you? Sure. There, we have a jail administrator, uh, and she has been for 20-some-odd years, and she is a fantastic. She's won awards many times uh, for the way that she operates the jail. So uh, with, with creativity, we keep the place staffed as well as we can. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the thing. There's uh, those 930 inmates that will be there this weekend. Unemployment in Sumner County right now is about 2.4%. Yeah, that was kind of going to be my next question. I mean, so clearly you have opportunities for people if they're wanting to Absolutely. do that. And, a, uh, but you're fighting against a lot of other people fighting for these people. Everybody, everybody else is, every other employer in Middle Tennessee right now is throwing all the money and prestige at every position We're having they the have. same challenge. I mean, it's just hard to keep 
you know, sometimes I'll work for you for two or three weeks. Oh, got another gig that's paying me twice what you're almost like, what? That's right. You know, and that's hard for us because once before I, before you even work your first day, I've already spent nearly a thousand dollars on uh, testing. That's psychological testing. Yep. That's medical testing. That's buying uniforms. That's the uh, everything that goes into that. And so you're a big investment. Then, well, then you're going to do two weeks if you're coming to work in the jail, for instance. Uh, you're going to do two weeks of an intensive, figure out how to be a corrections officer job. A lot of people, I don't want to say a lot. We have people that don't make it all the way through two weeks of just figuring out how to be a corrections officer training. Mm -hmm. And we have some that once they start their field training, when they're actually working in the jail, they go, this isn't for me. And it's not for a lot of people. These are not the same criminals. Uh, No, these are not the same inmates that were in the jail when I worked in the jail uh, in 98. So in that time frame, what is the issue? Drugs? Is it what? What is it making it just more violent? What's the? Uh, there's been a, from my perspective, this is just my opinion. There's just a loss of respect. Uh, mm-hmm. The people have lost respect for themselves. They've lost respect for their families, and they certainly don't have any respect for authority. Now that's not everybody. Some people just well, make but a mistake. Somebody didn't show them that. Show them how to do it. And you still have to learn how to respect people, don't you? Right. And we have to, and we're charged with trying to keep them corralled twenty four hours a day in that place and try to meet all their needs. And you know, I can't imagine having to be locked up somewhere twenty four hours a day just to sit there. You can read, you can call your family members, uh, you can watch TV. Think. Well, can... we don't have TVs in the Sumner County oh, Jail. Yeah, I didn't know if you had like a group room or whatever, like some too. No, some sir. do. Um, that's um, it's been discussed many times, but there's a lot of there's probably a lot of downsides to that, though, isn't there? I would love to have some kind of uh, programming, but you know, you turn on any any regular television channel today, and you've got violence going Just on, more people, criminal more, activity, going more on people those. hating on each other. I guess that's yeah, right. You're right, and social media, Lord, keep them away from that. Sure. <laughs> But we do the best we can to try to try to keep everybody acting right in that place. And that's tough because nobody wants to be locked up. Most seem to be mad no, about but, it. But, um, you know, the key is it's supposed to be a deterrent. Sure. <laughs> so you're not in there. Like you said, it's kind of hard to get in. You have to really screw up. And, uh, you know, once you're in, you know, you clearly didn't learn your lesson or whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's people that everybody makes mistakes, you know. Well, we're all about chances. You can come to our jail and you can behave and and you can do your time and move on. What about you said the types of, you know, just the types of inmates you had versus, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Is it the same uh, when you pick them up or in a traffic stop? I mean, just use that lack of respect or. Sure. Uh, you know, is it make is it make the initial arrest harder than it used to be as well because you're just not sure what you're going to run into? Uh, I, I can tell you that everyone is at a, well, anybody that's been around, not that I've been around forever, but just in this short length of time, their awareness is heightened nowadays because things seem to be more and more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. That that jail and the people that are in it, you know, the other day 
um, I was over in General Sessions Court, and there was uh, a young man that was brought up from the jail to make an appearance before the judge. And I used to arrest his grandfather and his father. And now here he is with – and they were all right guys. They just stayed in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But he was not. He Different uh, generation. Yes, sir. You know, it is interesting because, you know, I see these guys. I don't care if it's along Vietnam vet or wherever, and I see you guys pull somebody over. And I think if people, when you drive by that and you see – an officer, deputy, walking up to a car. I try to put myself in that position. That is not, um, that's just not easy. I mean, it takes a certain kind of person just to just do, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, you can shine a light on them all you want. Um, but I just, I do think about you guys when, when you guys do that, everybody on your force, because if, if the shoe were on the other foot and you were the one walking up to, it just, uh, I hope people think about that when they see it uh, happening. And I wish they would. Uh, I wish they would. Cons- I mean, they've got jobs that go, they go to every day. We have one that we go to every day. But it's just a little bit different. I'll say. Um, there are. I mean, it's happened to me. I've walked up to a window and had a gun pointed at me. I mean, that, that goes on. And it seems like it's more and more, you know, not mm-hmm. to blame any any other city, but here they come mm-hmm. this way Hendersonville is a great place to live and to work and to play and the goal is to keep it that way and there are criminals who come to this area because people have nice things we have lived for a long time well there's people from completely uh, bigger markets hundreds or even thousands of miles away coming here doing smashing grabs That's and right. things that I'm hearing about that blow my mind. This I mean, they are well orchestrated, planned, and uh, I won't say what kind of retailer or outlet or whatever it is, but I know of one, and they pulled out of there with millions of dollars of sure. things. Just That's a, right. It's unbelievable. Uh, this bunch from from Florida just this past week or week before last now, you know, comes up here to Hendersonville, hits all these cars. Fortunately, you know, the Hendersonville Police Department was on it mm-hmm. quick, and they get picked up on their way back to Florida as soon as they hit the state line. Are these um, are they being trained and with like certain uh, groups of people that plan these things and send them all over the U.S. to do this kind of stuff, and it's coordinated, or are these just a bunch of guys that got together and said, "Hey, we're gonna"? I think there's you know drive to Tennessee and try this. Or you there's know. some level of organization that goes with how these groups move. So yes, it is a group of guys, but they are organized and they know where, where to, to go. go the target-rich environment. Mm-hmm. This we in Sumner have lived for many years, and this is part of. Here we go with my opinion again. This is part <laughs> of the societal problem. Folks haven't needed the police a whole lot in the past 20 or 30 years. You know, we've lived a pretty comfortable life. Yeah. We haven't all been victims of crime. Mm-hmm. There's not been a lot of violence. There's been violence, but not everybody's been personally affected, so we've been very comfortable. Right. We've left our doors unlocked. We've left right. our cars unlocked. We've, you know... And then all of a sudden, boom, you're a victim going, what? Uh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> right. You might have gotten a bad habit or you got a little too comfortable, a little mm-hmm. too complacent. Makes sense. And that's that's what I feel like has happened to us. And now, people are the twenty and thirty cars a night in one neighborhood are having the doors. You know, yeah. we I 
I don't think that the sheriff's office has taken a single report this year for a window knocked out of a car. Really? But I can tell you that we have taken many dozens of reports from people who left their car open, left right. their left their right. door unlocked, and so um, there goes their gun that they mm-hmm. leave in the seat or on, in the glove box. There goes their wallet. Well, folks. Well, don't. you know, I'm sure there's there's the portion of them that are just crazy, stupid kids just doing something they shouldn't be doing. Then there's the like you said, sort of well-coordinated, more, you know, they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't lucrative, right? at least in their mind. Sure. You know, they may think twice when they're sitting in jail, whether it was lucrative or not. But, you know, I'm sure you do as many predictive things as you can, but the reality is you got to react to what happens. You can't just, oh, that guy's going to go take care of that block right there. You don't know. That's right. Um, our, I put out a message board usually every week to a different neighborhood. We got some guys says, over there. You're having says, trouble. Lock car doors. And then when when you drive past it, the blue lights will flash and it will flash a message that says lock car doors. And as soon as I take that sign up and move it to a different location, uh, a month will go by and people will forget again mm-hmm. and uh, get a little comfortable. A group will come from the big city and they will Pull every door handle until they take your stuff again. Well, the one downside of being a cop is you get you're going to get yelled at either way. That's right. <laughs> it isn't really your fault. That's you right. Tell them, but I didn't you know that's part of the deal. But I'm assuming that's sort of part of the training. I mean, you know, you're gonna uh, you come in when things uh, are at their emotional highest. Isn't that right? That's so exactly you, right. You know, that is. Uh, I didn't have an appreciation much. Uh, you know, I'd been a cop for several years i didn't have much appreciation for ever being a victim i didn't know how that felt mm-hmm. i would uh, i'd take reports and i would do follow-ups and i'd try to make an arrest or i'd send it to detectives i'd do whatever my job was and then one night i had stayed the night in nashville and i came out the next morning and didn't really notice anything um but i think that afternoon i noticed that things inside my truck weren't where they usually were I got no to looking way. around and somebody now my doors had been locked, mm-hmm. but still, um, but I I had a a different perspective after that. Even though I wasn't out ten dollars worth of anything, just the feeling that somebody had been in yeah. my truck. It is weird. I've experienced a similar thing, and you just I don't know. It's just like wait a minute, how'd you really do this? It changed you know. my perspective on a victim. Um, mm-hmm. From well, it's funny because the victims always seem to be the forgotten ones because victims don't get publicity. Criminals get publicity. Right. Sadly, um, and then all of a sudden, it's about not that not that people don't have rights. Everybody has them. I get it. Um, but then all of a sudden, the focus becomes on the the criminals' rights. Well, what about the victims' rights? Sure. Um, I, you know, I don't like stirring things, but I saw a quote, or maybe I heard a quote a few weeks ago that was, said something about if uh, if inmates shouldn't have to pay for a meal, then why should school children? And I thought, wow, hmm. this is pretty remarkable. We we do have to feed folks, that, yeah, um, you know, and that there are innocent folks. Yeah, out there. absolutely. Well, that's a, that is a very compelling statement. Hmm. Does make you wonder about our priorities sometimes. <laughs> yes, but 
you know, you also can't control what other people do. Uh, good things happen to, uh, or bad things happen to good people. No question about it. Every day. Um, but how do you respond to it? How do you handle it? How do you conduct yourself? Um, you know, I don't know how you do it with kids, and but I'll, I'll always teach my kids grades are super important. Math, algebra, English, whatever. Um, but how you conduct yourself is the most important grade you'll ever get, in my opinion. Right. Um, and if you can just teach them that, um, it it will help them through life. I it, it did from my old man, and I'm sure maybe from uh, from your family as well, and hopefully everybody's that way. Because yeah. it does, it'll help help you um, succeed in life. It'll help you get through society, work with other people, people you're unfamiliar with. So um, it's been interesting. We're, we've still got a little ways to go here. We're talking with uh, Chief Deputy of the Sumner County Sheriff's Office, Aaron Pickard. And uh, Aaron, we're going to come back and do our final segment here in a little bit and maybe talk about some of the things uh, that you guys are working on. You guys do events throughout the year, um, maybe some uh, special things. I know you've uh, done some stuff. Uh, you've actually even received uh, an award uh, from uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving and things like that. So uh, let's talk about those in just a minute, okay? Sound right. good? All right. We'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight brought to you by FM Bank right after this. FM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight. FM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. We'll and return back to Sumner County Spotlight brought to you each Sunday morning exclusively by FM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, all in one place. Member FDIC. We are back with Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning with Chief Deputy of the Sumner County Sheriff's Office, Aaron Pickard. And Aaron, uh, so we went through uh, all kinds of stuff today, but let's let's talk about the things that the Sheriff's Department does for the community, things you guys got going on. We've started up last year having some what I coined as community crime conversations because I love alliteration. And... Um, so what we do is the sheriff, myself, usually Major Tim Bailey, who is the, the chief of detectives and one of his detectives, will go into a community and we'll just invite everybody from that community to come talk to us. We'll talk for a few minutes. We'll tell you what we think you need to know. And then it's your turn. You ask mm-hmm. us questions. You tell us what we need to know. And we've made some great connections doing this. That's pretty cool. Um, we've, uh, we've covered Shackle Island. We've covered Oak Grove. We've got Castaic Springs coming up. So attendance has been, you know, about 40 people per meeting, but we're happy That's with that. That's not too bad. Right. Especially, I mean, and this will continue as the word spreads. That's uh, what it'll we're grow, hoping. I'm sure. That's what we're hoping. So we're going we're gonna to hit Castaic Springs next. Didn't bring the date, of course, mm-hmm. but um, we'll start advertising that here pretty quick. We just want to get out, and we want you to see us and talk to us, and we want to be accessible even when you don't have a problem going on. Right, exactly. It's, you, that's the best time to do it, when everybody's not emotional. Yeah. Get us get us when you're not busy or when you're not having a big problem, mm-hmm. and we'll try to help you with that. Um, recently, all right, here's the, the bragging part of the day. The Sheriff's Office has won two awards within the past month for our Child Safety Day. Great. Um, it started off, it's just kind of a little idea. And we were in the front of the Civic Center in Gallatin, and it was hot, and about 30 people showed up, and we were like, well, let's see what Bust. <laughs> we had a We had a, an opportunity to move to the pavilion at Triple Creek Park, and uh, fast forward five years from that, we had 800 people show up wow. this past year. 
when you come to child safety day, you know, uh, child safety is not really a sexy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to do some things. To but you get probably some make attention. it fun. And, right. Yeah. We, lots of sponsors help us get there. The Sheriff's Office has very little actual county money in this. Lots of sponsors help us get there. Uh, our our presenting sponsor since this started is Chick-fil-A and Galton, uh, mm-hmm. Greg Gerritsen, mm-hmm. always comes through because he sees the value in it. Greg comes out to it. And look how many kids we're touching. So you you show up, we have face painting, we have balloon tying, we have the bubbles provided by, um, well, the, the fire department, you know, makes right. the huge foam mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, helicopters show up. We have pony rides. We have live animal displays. We got to get you there with something that's fun. We do everything that we can think of. To so get then, you there. and then you can give them some of your messages that you guys. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so while you're there, parents can have their car seat fitted to their car. Mm-hmm. You would not believe how technical a subject it is to have a car seat fitted to your car. I know when I took one out, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. I should have left the thing in there. I need yeah. twelve guys to get it in there. You're right. right. So you can you can park in the line, and one of our techs will get that in for you. You come in. Um, you can have your child uh, do the child ID program. That's where we do a voice recording of your child. We take a picture of your child. We let you yeah. collect a DNA sample of your really child. That's a really cool thing. And we give you the disc. We don't maintain that information. That's yours. Just in case one day, if anything ever happened, yep. you've got Take it that. home. Keep it in your safe. And That's exactly God right. forbid you'll ever need it. And so we'll move through it. There's a driving simulator on scene. There's uh, an impaired driving. Well, just kids crawling around in cars probably love that sure. stuff. I mean, they just eat that up. Hendersonville's Mounted Patrol always shows up. You, oh yeah, you bring a horse or yep. you bring a motorcycle. Katie, bar the door. That's there you right. go. So we do all we can to get you there. Seatbelt Simulator is there also. We do all we can to get you there and make it fun and send you out with some good messaging, some good safety messaging. Uh, and also, uh, two years ago. The health department in Sumner County wanted to be a partner, and so now the name has changed to Health and Safety Day. But that's okay because they come out, and a lot of kids come to find out don't get a lot of fruits or vegetables anymore. Mm-hmm. Health department brings out a truckload of uh, watermelon, uh, bananas, oranges, apples, things like that. And it all disappears. That kind of makes the event even bigger and better, hopefully. Yeah. The health department is, has been great to us, and they have some smoking messaging and some mm-hmm. uh, substance mm-hmm. uh, abuse avoidance messaging. And so a lot of great well, That dovetails nicely. It takes everybody to put Child Safety Day together, though. Uh, and then... Well, make sure you give us that in advance so we can sure. you know, get the word out It'll and help you guys, too. And Next September will be the next mm-hmm. one we just completed. So we, we got one award from the State Health Department, one award from the Greater Nashville Regional Council, recognizing what started off in a in a hot field and has With now... 40 people. Right. Pretty cool. Um, Champ Camp is the other thing on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of an idea. Credit for this idea goes to Captain Danny Hurst. He's the... the uh, director of the SROs, leader of the SROs, he he wanted to have a summer camp, and he thought we could do it, and he thought we could not spend... You mean just like schools would with their baseball camps or their football camps sure. or things? Okay. Just to give kids an option during the summer, mm-hmm. and 
we all sat down, we thought about it, we figured out a way that we could do it and not cost a lot. Once again, relying heavily on sponsorships. One of those, again, the health department, the other, the Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, who is yeah. one a tremendous partner of the sheriff's office. If it weren't for them, we would be struggling to be where we're at with a lot of programs. So this comes together. Uh, CHAMP is actually an acronym. It stands for Character, Honesty, Attitude, Motivation, and Positivity. This first year, we were able to do 100 kids in a Gallatin area. It's free. Uh, we feed you. We can arrange transportation for you. We set you up with a backpack. It's got a water bottle. It's got all your supplies for the week. you got your T-shirt. And do you do activities throughout the week? Then That's, that's the thing. Our school resource officers will spend their time teaching those uh, characteristics, those traits that I just talked to you about, doing even more of that mentoring. And this thing has been wildly successful. We were at 200 kids with a waiting list this past year. Man, and that's not including just, you know, when school starts, like, oh, yeah, hey, I saw you at the camp. That's right. That relationship's already begun. We've had several, we've had a lot of, we've, we've had all good feedback that I know of. But a lot of parents will come to us at the end of the week and go, we had some real confidence issues going, and they've spent a week doing team building and mm-hmm. making relationships without a tablet or a phone in their hand. And I'm, I hope that it really changes them long term and not yeah. just for the week. Yeah, look up. There's yeah. a big world around That's you right. with people in it That's right. that might help you someday. That's pretty cool. We and how big champions. do you think that could end up getting? And are, is there like, are you guys, we don't care? Is the sky's the limit? The more, the better? I mean, we just had this discussion, and I'm not really sure how much we could manage, how much larger it could get right now. If I can get these SRO positions filled, mm-hmm. I hope then Captain, you could handle some more. I hope Captain Hurst isn't listening, but we may add <laughs> on another uh, another opportunity for Champ Camp. This past time, we had it, uh, we had one. In the lower end of the county, one in the northern end of the county, because we we don't want to leave anybody out. I see. Yeah. Uh, over the course of two weeks, and both of them were successful. I would, I'd love to add a few more kids, but I need. To well, and now getting a few under your belt, and you know, kind of what works and what doesn't. Sure. So I'm sure you've had a chance to tweak it, and now you probably got a well-oiled machine there. Uh, it it runs, but mm-hmm. the the credit goes to all those SROs. Um, that are right in the middle of it every day because they are already planning for next year's. That's pretty cool. So they're busy all year long, just like the teachers are. That's right. Just because you're not in school doesn't mean you're not busy. We've added a couple of new members also to mm-hmm. the sheriff's office in the form of canines. Uh, oh, the sheriff's cool. office had not had any dogs. Well, we have a very famous dog in the U.S. right now. So that's right. That's it's pretty a good cool. Good time to be a dog. Yep. Um, about 15 years with the sheriff's office having no canine. Really? And there's a lot of lot of expense that goes along with that. A lot of time off the road. And so um, the sheriff was finally open to and supportive of adding a canine member. Um, we uh, came up with some money to get the dog. We found the right handler for the dog. And we're very happy with how that's going. Where do you recruit these animals? I mean, where would you, is there people that raise these things for that? Um, our dog came from, uh, this last one came from Denmark, I think. Wow, the no trainer, kidding. We're fortunate that the trainer um, is here in Sumner County. He's retired from the big city over there, mm-hmm. and he's 
the best trainer in the southeast and he he uh I would assume pairing them with the officer is going to be super, super important. They got to build that bond and all that stuff. Does that does he stay with throughout that period? Or he's, so when it comes time to to recruit a dog or to find a dog for police service, he starts watching mm-hmm. videotapes months in advance. Oh, um, to to see if a dog has a drive to do police work, and he's looking at X rays and all kinds of stuff go into this before the dog ever gets here. Then the trainer himself spends some weeks with the dog to see if the dog is going to be suitable for police work. And, coincidentally, just yesterday, um, our other handler went and picked up our second dog. So you got two now. So we will have two on the road. Our first what dog— What do you foresee them really helping you guys with when—I uh, mean, if you had a need and you wish you had them uh, uh, over these years and what what you wanted them to do? We always want to find drugs, okay? Mm-hmm. But for me, coming from, from a, a patrol supervisor and administrative— um, standpoint now, missing people and missing children have always worried us, mm. and we have always had to try to scrounge around and get somebody else to bring oh, a dog man. over. Yeah, man. So, and so, you don't want much time to pass. You don't want to be right. looking for a dog when a kid's missing. You want to get on it right away. Yes, sir. Yeah. And our handlers are very driven, and. And it's this is going to be a success. Uh, but we, you know, the first dog, his name is Jax. He's handled by a deputy named Brian Gambino. And um, their first night, they come to work. They stop a couple cars. They hit a resale amount of heroin. They let me see. Uh, the car had a gun in it. It was stolen out of Chattanooga. They the seize the car. They get too? some money. That's right. No way. That's cool. So that's a great first day. Yeah, I'll say. And it made it uh, worth it right there. And they haven't let up since. That's and, awesome. And I know that our new, our next dog, uh, his Do you name, get to name him? <laughs> we had a we had an office wide poll. Everybody could vote for a name. And Sonny won, right? No, no. It, it was on the list. <laughs> was he? I can't. I can't get people, you know, to come to a free meal. But if you talk about naming a dog, everybody. <laughs> There were hundreds of names. Oh, submitted. yeah. But eventually, uh, the handler himself, Brian, picked the name Jax. And uh, the next dog's name is Flex. And he'll be. Flex, I like that. He'll be handled by uh, Greg Stewart, who is another fine deputy. Well, congratulations for you guys. That's pretty cool. So, um, I think we're kind of coming up near the end, unless we've forgotten anything that you want to make sure you cover. No, that should uh, that's be all right. Uh, Chief Deputy Aaron Pickard of the uh, Sumner County Sheriff's Department. Aaron, we appreciate you spending time with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for enlightening us. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and also at myfmbank.com. Make sure you check them out. We appreciate their sponsorship, and we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.